Hey guys, welcome to the first ever podcast, T-Better's uh, Bulletin. Uh, I'm T-Better, your host, and I'm coach of T-Better New. And this week we're joined by the rookie expert and DT Talk resident guru, Jeppa. Thanks for having me, mate. I'm uh, coach of the Jeffers boys and excited to be talking football or fantasy at this early stage of the season. Yeah, it is quite early and, and that's the thing that everyone needs to realise is don't need to get too upset about the rookies and, and those other sort of guys in your team. At the moment, they're just placeholders for a lot of us. Uh, so how's your dream, uh, your dream team pre-season been going? You've uh, just released yeah. an article today or yesterday? Yeah, no, yesterday I, um, we, I did my first take on the uh, rookie forwards. It's early stages, but you still get a good gauge of uh, how these kids are going and a lot of research, a lot of um, in-depth look at where they fit in the team lists. And um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the first article, but there's plenty more to come. Yeah, and well, uh, Dog said you got 2,000 hits in the first hour, so obviously everyone's um, loving your stuff and we'll get into the rookies a little bit later. But uh, for now, it is called the Bulletin, so let's uh, get straight into the news desk. Top story. Uh, AFL Dream Team is now two competitions. Did you know, Trevor? I did know. Very, very um, surprised at all the change that happened in the off-season. But to be honest, I reckon it's a good thing. You get two bites of the cherry, two forms to show what you're made of. And fanatics like me, you know, I'm pretty happy. Well, that's the thing. Like, the biggest change is that a lot of uh, the casual DTs and beginners will go towards AFL Fantasy because that's the way the rules have has been... Um, swayed in that direction whereas the real dream team and virtual sports who have obviously run it for the last 12 or 13 years they've decided to really go after the the hardcore day tiers and to be honest most people listening to this podcast is probably more in that basket because you know while yeah, we're sitting around on a tuesday night listening to a fantasy completely agree with that. but yeah. um for those that you know are pretty adamant that they're only going to do the real dream team and they're not going to touch AFL fantasy i find that hard to believe i reckon everyone's going to do both and and enjoy both. Okay, there's different rules and people have their preferences. But yeah. to me, it's a good thing. Especially as we're addicted. We'll, we'll be oh, that's both. it. And, uh, and for mostly, um, for this podcast, we'll probably be looking at uh, probably real, real Dream Team a little bit more in depth. But um, Dream Team talk as a whole, we'll look at all forms of fantasy. So um, we'll uh, definitely point out the differences when required. Uh, one of the main differences between the two competitions this year is that Real Dream Team is going back to 30 trades and uh, A4 Fantasy is sticking with two trades per week. That's obviously going to make different tactics and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be strategy planning. How many guns do we start with? How many rooks do we start with? How many mid-prices do we start with? Yeah. Are the mid-prices going to come good? It's a bigger risk and it's a bigger reward. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's far more interesting and, and uh, a lot of planning goes into it. And now we just have to get our heads around different break-evens, different prices. I know, especially for you, the rookies, uh, there's a big difference with a lot of them in terms of their pricing and, and that's going to be a, a, a massive uh, modifier between the two competitions in terms of our beginning structure. We're going to have a lot of senior, in my, from my view, we're going to have a lot of more senior players in AFL Fantasy because the rookies are, are more expensive, whereas we'll probably have a lot more traditional draftees in Real Dream Team. Do you agree with that? Correct, yeah. No, real, the Real Dream Team, I think, will be a guns and rooks strategy full and through because you can fit more in. Um, AFL Fantasy Classic will stick more with those mid-prices who would look to get longer Guernseys or, or bigger roles at their new clubs or still at the same clubs. Guys yep. like Shane Savage... Um, he will play most, if not all, 23 games if he's fit. So, no, there's a lot of different tactics. And like I said, it's, it's good. It broadens it. Yeah. So you, you can 
you can have one theorem on one side of things and then that will have to change and you, both teams will look completely different. Yeah, I'm very excited about being able to pick different types of players in both competitions. I know you touched on uh, Shane Savage just there. He's one of the guys who I'll be looking at in AFL Fantasy because you can take more of a risk and you can get those min-price min suppliers. And knowing that you know if, if things do go awry, you can just trade them out pretty Absolutely, easily. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Two trades a week. Yeah. Uh, I love um I love the fact that we're going back to the limited trades for real dream team or we have the option to play that brand of fantasy footy. I think that um the extra challenge of, of holding your trades, I know I wasn't very good at it in the previous years past, <laughs> but I do like the extra challenge and I think that that's um something that most people in the community wanted back and, and now we've got it, so I'm pretty happy about that. And another one of the bigger changes between the two competitions is the round one free hit that we get in AFL Fantasy. So last year, obviously, we had... Um, the split round, and we did just a, a partial lockout. This year in AFL Fantasy, um, as we all know, we'll be doing a whole separate team, so unlimited trains between round one and round two. What do you reckon about that? Well, T-Bets, everyone's putting their hands in the air and throwing them around and just not happy about it. But to be honest, last year I got burned with all the partial lockouts of round one yep. last year. I kept changing my team, and with each partial lockout, I was reduced with options. I had lesser options because I changed my mind. I put Kane Lucas in at the last minute, and that ended up with bloody James. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. I remember last year, like I went to, uh, I picked um, Nick Comer ahead of time because I wasn't sure what we'd have available. That's right. In that second week, so in that respect, I mean, it is nice that we won't have to make those hard choices with our dream, uh, with our AFL fantasy team, but. The fact that we get unlimited trades between round one and round two, I think that's a little bit ridiculous and possibly overkill. However, it does lead to a whole new range of tactics, and we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, next thing on the next top story we have is uh, Dane Swan. Do you know who Dane Swan is? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I've got a pretty good idea who he is. Yeah, most teams have two of him, obviously, when you put the captain <laughs> on them, thanks to Calvin, trademark Calvin. Uh, he signed a new contract. He's Just, coming back for two years. We need to buy a pink. <laughs> he will honestly, he will come over here and murder us if we start Probably. squeaking a pig. No, um, two-year contract extension. That uh, that takes him to the end of 2016 where he'll be 32 years old. Interesting part about that is that he previously said, I think it was uh, maybe a couple of years ago, he said that this would be his last year. Yeah, not bad for a bloke who uh, you know takes takes his footy pretty casually and he's pretty good yeah. at it. So, uh, no, obviously Eddie and Bucks have had a stern word to him. He said, no, come, come play for a couple more years and... Obviously, got the number put in front of him. It was too good to refuse. So. Yeah, absolutely. And he also said that he just couldn't be bothered playing anywhere. He's too lazy, yeah. I think, was the word to use, to play anywhere else. I think that's uh, that's, that's our swanny, isn't it? Yeah, that's staying to a T, isn't it? Yeah, and you, honestly, you can't go out at, at the top of your... Who's, what did he average? 117 last year? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a guy average that many fantasy points and then just retire the year after? I don't think so. No. All right. Uh, Taking a look at the injuries in the competition, there's been a few. Um, there's been a couple of guys on the comeback trail from injury last year, a couple of key forwards, uh, Tex Walker and Mitch Clark. Well, Mitch Clark's an interesting one because I've been reading he's, he's raring to go, ready, he's going to take some part in pre-season. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, we've had differing sources on this and I've heard uh, things like he wants to play as many games as possible, that's his aim, and, and he's going to try his you know best to... You know, be fit by the start of the year, and it just seems like there's a lot of platitudes. Um, this is Daisy. Yeah. No, this is this is, this Mitch, is Mitch Clark. Okay, yeah. So right. we'll talk about Daisy soon, but yeah, very similar. Like, um, I think the article that I'm referring to came out a couple of days before the one that you've used as your source. Yeah. So in I Jepper's article. Yeah. So in my forwards article that came out yesterday, I got a source there. I think it was from the Herald Sun saying um, 
quoting that Mitch was going to be ready for pre-season or, or take part in some pre-season and, and be more than ready for round one. So yeah. he's obviously going to be managed through uh, from here to, to March. So yeah. he won't t- partake in all the pre-season games, but I still think he'll be ready. That's a big thing for me. If he plays in the NAB Cup, He's on. He's on the radar. Absolutely. If a player doesn't play in the NAB Cup for me, they're going to play. They're going to find it very, very hard to get a spot in my side. Oh, I completely agree, T Bets. I I've been burnt in the past by picking players that haven't completed at least eighty percent of preseason. Yeah, I got died at one year, and that was oh, a mistake. I think I think Higgins comes to mind before as well. So yeah. look, if a bit of advice from my end, I have learnt the hard way, so I wouldn't be picking yeah. guys who are struggling to get through preseason. And Mitch Clark is the guy that we really do need to get through preseason. What is he? He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty cheap in an AFL fantasy and, and dream team as well. He's, he's about two hundred and twelve grand. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Bear with us a sec. That's all right. But just one one point on Mitch Clark. He he's hasn't averaged under seventy five in like the last or under seventy or seventy five. I can't remember exactly over the last like three years. He is going to smash that for someone who's priced around about 40 points if he gets on the park. So he has to be on the watch list. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's actually priced at 236 grand even in Dream Team and 213 in Fantasy. So, no, look, Paul Ruse and has mentioned, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, but Mitch Clark could spend some time in the ruck. Yep. And that can only be good for Fantasy and Dream Team, getting his hands on the ball a little more and getting some more stats. So, look, at this point, if he's playing in pre-season... To me, he's got to be in your team. Yeah, and we do we do need to monitor his role and, and his fitness and stuff, but absolutely. Uh, Tex Walker was the other one I mentioned in terms of the key forwards coming back from injury. Apparently, he's around five. I know a lot of people were getting really excited about him, and he's looking big, and he's cut off the mullet, and he's, <laughs> he's but big. he's not going to be there for the start of the year, so... Temper your expectations on him. Round five is his uh, is his target. We all know how the, the targets, the preseason targets go. They're not often met. Dave <laughs> Baines uh, all over again. Oh, man. How was that? Oh. He was supposed to play round one, and that's what obviously killed Roy, is that the fact that he was supposed to play round one didn't make it to round 16 or something. That's no, that, that crazy. Hurt, that hurt many. Hopefully that's not the same thing for Daisy Thomas. He's uh, he's come out yesterday and said that he uh, he's on track for round one. Um, the way the article was written, it was it was straight from his mouth, and he was saying that he wants to play some of the NAB Challenge, and he's on track to do that if he continues to train as well as he is. Uh, does that convince you at all? Or? Look, I, I'm not going to start with Daisy at this stage. I just don't think he... Not at all, he's not... No, nah, he's not even in content. Nowhere near. Okay, question for you. If he plays both NAB Cup games, which doesn't seem like at this point, but if he did and he was... No, 100 points per minute kind of... Oh, then that's different. Then I'd reconsider. Sorry, 100 points per 100 minutes. Yeah, yeah, so, I knew yeah. what you meant. But, yeah. you know, that, no, that's fair enough. That's different and you, you, we reassess. But yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Sure. Yeah, and here's a weird... Because you don't really want to have mid-prices, um, especially for a real dream team, in your midfield. That's kind of where you want to go all premiums and then all rookies. And there is a lot of mid-rookies to like, and we'll get into a couple of those later. But... Absolutely. And... Um, we all know Hook, who won the competition last year. He yeah. wrote an article in the Prospectus, which was very informative, and he said this very thing. He said uh, he'll, he'll take mid-prices in the, in the back line, the forward line, and sometimes the rucks, but his midfield, and this has been one of the, the crux of his his teams in the past, is that he's always just had premiums and rookies. So It's good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Hook, for <laughs> that Yeah, I've obviously done something wrong. Yeah, no. Um, so, Daisy Thomas... He is on a price and he has been a premium in the past, but can we justify that selection? We'll find out. All right. Uh, another thing that came out yesterday, more on injury news. Matt Suckling, round two, no. Are you excited? 
Very, very. <laughs> I think with the way there's not many defender rooks around, so we need to look at a bit of value, and obviously Maddie Suckling provides that value at uh, 316 grand, so or 316,800 to be exact. So, look, I think he'll be in. He'll be one of the most selected players um, yeah. behind Sandy and, and those and Swanee and those sort of guys. So, yeah, bring him in. Well, seeing as we have the resident rookie expert at DT Talk here, I thought we'd uh, get a hold of Jeff and ask him about what are some of the, the rookies that are on his radar that possibly aren't on most other papers because you've got all the all the research. You've been putting in the hours. Absolutely. <laughs> so who can, you, who can you try and sell to us that we haven't already heard about? All right. Well, let's start with the defenders. And um, everyone's been talking about Colin Jasney, Donald, Fuller, and even Laidler. Not many people have spoken about Tom Cutler. He's a very well-built young fella who yep. got drafted out of Brisbane this year with pick 33. Um, another one that comes to mind is Luke Thompson from Adelaide. He's a third-tall defender who will take or compete with Otten for that third-tall spot and Kyle Hardigan as well. So, yep. Well, Luke Thompson, he isn't... Um, he isn't a traditional rookie. He played the last couple of years. He has games yeah, there and there, hasn't he? He was ruled out all last year with injury, but yep. he's back in preseason and um, looking to um, make his mark in the NAB Cup. So, look, hopefully that these younger, sort of lesser likes get a game because the defender rooks are few and far between. Yeah, exactly. I, I know I'm very cookie cutter at the moment in terms of guys that I'm looking at. Pretty much the four that you mentioned are the ones. <laughs> Sitting there as placeholders in my team. So, um, if you can tell us anything more about any other guys, like Tom Cutler, do you reckon he's in for a game round one or? I, I don't personally. Yep. He's in with a shot. It's probably a long shot, but, um, he's in with a shot given all the mass exodus of the young yeah, of fellas. Course. The first of four year players at Brisbane that all left last year, um, and a new coach. So it's a clean slate for all players, including True. first year players. And, um, yeah, Aish and, and Taylor might not be the only ones to debut next year. Who knows, if Cutler impresses in Nag Cup and does a few things right, he could find himself uh, lining up for the, the 22 for Brisbane. Exactly. What about the, what about the midfielders? So the mids are interesting, yeah. So we got Clay Beans, everyone's pro- pretty much going to have, and Matty Crouch now that um, Van Burl has Everyone's gone. very excited about him, given, oh, given his so pedigree with Brad Crouch. He's, he's cheap as chips. He's 112, 800, Matty Crouch. Um, so make sure he's in around the mark. Still wait, obviously, for fantasy... Um, Sorry, NAB Cup form. Yeah. But it's looking likely he's going to be in the seniors at some point this year, if not round one later on, but he's a very good chance. He seems ready mate. He played at the top level last year in, in the sample and averaged like something crazy, like yeah. 37 touches. Yeah. The guy's a ball magnet, like his brother. So. Absolutely. But yeah, round one is always going to be the, the concern as to whether he makes through our teams. I know you said Van Burlo's out. Um, will he make, will he come in? As another midfielder, or will they send someone like possibly Carriage, who was one of your boys last year, as yeah. a direct replacement as a tagger? Obviously, I th- I think it's pretty obvious that guys like Carriage would be ahead of Maddie Crouch at this stage. Yeah. But then, what role Carriage played last year, Maddie Crouch could find himself exactly. this year. Um, Maddie Crouch's disposal isn't the best, so I think Carriage gives him more value forward. Crouch is more in and under, get the ball out, clearances. That bit of a Boyd type, type, isn't he? Yeah, like, he's correct. not very damaging by foot, but he has a lot of. He's it. still he's still a bit lean and still needs to put some weight on in the gym. But that's the type of play he'll be. Yeah, absolutely awesome. All right, who else you got there? So yeah, we've got um, Sheed, our boy Sheed for West Coast. Yeah, mate. He, what we're hearing, both of us were talking about it before. Um, he will line up um, round one, so that's exciting. 
Uh, ready-made dude as oh, well. He's, he's a good bloke as well. I've met him a couple of times and he's a really nice kid. So hopefully he does well. He's yeah. a bit more pricey, but hey, if you, you've got to invest for the, for the job security sometimes. But um, with Sheed having that AFL ready-made body, as, as most call it, there's another guy from St Kilda called Luke Dunstan who's got the biggest bloody arms I've ever seen um, for an 18-year-old. They're probably as big as my legs, and you can see how big my legs are now, mate. Yeah. They're, they're not thin. So, uh, You're a tank. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he'll he be looking to push his spot for uh, round one again. Another young side, another young team, the St Kilda team, new coach in Alan Richardson. So I think he'll be around the mark, and I think he's provides plenty of value. He's pro- priced at 127800 and, uh, yeah, he's he's a bit of a goer. There's one more that I want to quickly mention, and, and it's a bit of a sad story for for him, but hopefully he's over his injuries, is Alex Woodward. Yeah. He's from Hawthorne, tall midfielder, very strong, had, th- uh, yeah, three knee reconstructions, I think. Something like that. He's it, just been knocked down pre-season after pre-season, which so is disappointing for him, obviously. It is, but... In, in the positive sense, he's put a lot of weight on at the gym. He, um, he's well, I think got, what else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. He's got, his, he's got his body right now. He's training well. If he's not in for round one, which probably won't be, he'll probably give him a few games in the VFL first to, to find some form and then... Some confidence in his will, body, yeah. He, he should play senior football um, uh, next year, or the, sorry, this year. Yeah. And... Um, Clarko, especially Alistair Clarkson, loves rewarding the guys and the hard work. He, he always talks about the hard work, and um, if you put in the hard yards with Clarko, you'll get rewarded. Absolutely, and it just shows the kind of character or the kind of player they think he can be, the fact that he's been retained on their senior list for the last three or four years, yeah, having played, you know, I'm not sure if he's debuted yet, maybe played one or two, but been very much unseen. Um, so... Obviously, in round one, it might not work out that way, but at some point, we're going to have to be looking at those those Ruckman guys. I think one of uh, Nankovis or um, Derek's will be looked at to at some point in the year as they give the guys a chop out. Is there anyone else that you think, um, probably below 250K, that you think that could um, be good for our purposes? Well, look, Sandy... Oh, Sandy's the obvious one, but he's at 270, so I won't touch on him. Everyone's going to... Most are going to... Everyone's going to pick him anyway, yeah, so, so that's... I won't bother with, over Sandy. I won't bother with Sandy. Billy Longer's one. Come across from Brisbane down to the Saints. It's it's Hickey and Longer for the two main rucks there. So it's a two horse race there, and it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out on top over the over the NAB Cup or NAB Challenge, yeah. as we probably should be calling it. And the same thing, exact same thing happened last year with Port with Jared Redden and Matthew Loby. Yes, um, and I think Redden even won at the beginning of the year, but Loby just completely uh, wrestled it wrestled it from him over the course of the year. So is that? Look, long, long, it's healthy competition anyway. I still, I still believe that the Saints will play two rucks. Yeah. The f- interesting thing though is Hickey is useless forward. No offense, Tom, <laughs> but mate, you got to, you got to learn. We to say play. the hard truth here oh, on Two Bears Balls, and I think that's his weak point. So longer, longer's more um, flexible and agile up forward yeah. than Hickey. Is. So I think they'll start with Hickey in the ruck. They've got to play the two guys anyway. They've, they've invested a lot of time and, and money into Longer now. Well, not time into longer, but they will. And he, he, they, I think they gave pick 13 or something stupid for him. They, they paid a lot for both of them, so obviously they rate him. And yeah. from my perspective, I see Longer as more of a Dean Cox type, and that's how he has been billed in terms of when he's been drafted yeah. and in his time at Brisbane. So, And we know Cox can play up forward. He kicked uh, 20 or 30-plus goals last year. So that's uh, encouraging the fact that he can play a dual role. We, we believe he might be able to play a dual role, and even if... 
Hickey's got the number one spot. Maybe he can still uh, he can still grab a, a position in the St Kilda side. Yeah, look, I, I think Longer as your third ruck option as backup is is pretty sensible at this stage. What about Hickey? Because I know he's only two eighty k. I think from last time I checked, is that is that too risky for you as at R three? Look, but I, yeah, like I said, he's not much of a threat up forward, so I don't yeah. think he's going to give you the returns like Longer will, mate. Another rock option this year could be um, Daniel Curry. He um, he's priced at one hundred and fifteen. I don't know his name. Yeah, we uh, we were hoping he was going to get a game last year. Yeah, he sat uh, on my bench all year. Yeah, Goldie. If Goldie got injured, or if if North were going to play two rucks, and then that never happened. So yeah, he sat on my as my fourth ruck for the whole season. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was pretty funny there. But um, look, keep an eye on Goldie. If Goldstein goes down, obviously Curry's one of the main focal points to come to come back in. If Others that are, you know, thinking, of, and I understand the strategy, but Fraser Thurlow, don't, I know um, Bill Chambers has gone down, but I don't think he's going to be playing. No, I, I agree with you. There's Ryder comes in as a full-time ruck, and then my boy from last year for a very short period of time, Joe Danner, he surely would have to come into calculations yeah, look, as just the ruck forward option. Absolutely. The obvious choice for Essendon now is play Ryder main through the ruck, and then um, Joey Danaher is pinch hitter when, when Ryder needs a rest. So... Look, Thurlow is a ruck forward and it could be suited in strategy. Um, but in terms of um, hopeful or the, the hope that he's going to get some games, I think uh, he's got more chance to win the lotto. Well, the only yeah, the only reason why you would you would pick him is to is for that switch, obviously. That. Yeah, that's but it. what DPP ruck premium ruckman are you going to have anyway? Either you have them in the forward line and then Fraser Thurlow as your as your fourth ruck. But I can't see any Ruckman or DPP Ruckman this year that can be... Maybe yeah. Charlie Dixon's probably the only guy I'm looking There's at. There's another one that's sort of a left fielder and um, and not many people talk about him. He's an unsung hero. He was an unsung hero in the grand final last year. It's David Hale. Oh. David Hale is a bloody good Frankenstein. Player. Yeah, he, mate, he's a jet. Uh, you know, he carried some of the... When Franklin and Ruffy are down... Hale always manages to step up. So, look, he's not a big... He doesn't average a whole heap, and he's he's not worth a top six forward spot in any no, team. No, yeah. You'd be, it'd so, be a very weird pick to take him in so your dream team or your A4 fantasy side. If, if I were you guys, I'd just stay away from the ruck forward swap yep. and just stick with uh, who you think is going to play. You can only go with it if there's value there or if there's the, the cattle to... To do it, so correct. All right, forwards. I know uh, you're very keen on the forwards yeah, this year, Jeff. You got a lot of guys. It's you fresh want. in the mind from yesterday, look, guys. I spent a lot of time on this, and uh, I'm full bottle at the minute. Um, the obvious choices are, you know, Billings, Fazola, and the like. Yeah. Um, Mitch Clark, we we touched on before, so Rowan as well. But look, I'm, I just want to talk about the lesser likes. Yep. Guys like, and some people have mentioned him, he's not so much a less like for everyone, but Shane Kirsten, with pods going to Adelaide now, it looks likely, and I think, sorry, Geelong have been very public in saying that yep. Kirsten will be taking that uh, Jack Gunson-type role in their forward line. The third tall, the, mid, the mid-size yeah. lead-up guy. And he's freaking quick, and he yep. can play... You know, you can play in the forward line and kick your bag. So, Fantasy Freco is huge on him as well. He's that's yeah. his boy, and they've been talking him up in the prospectus as well. So, yeah. expecting big things from him. He went at like crazy goals per game last year, like three or something in the in the VFL. Yeah, correct. So, you average over three goals a game in the VFL. And look, when you got guys like Sirwood, Stevie Jane, Duncan, and, and the, Geelong, the whole Geelong midfield essentially putting it on on your tip base out, yeah. you know, he's going to get a lot of good supply. 
Another couple of guys that not many people are talking about. One one of my favourites um, is Tim Broomhead from Collingwood. Very pacey player. He's more of a midfielder than a forward, even though he's listed as a forward. That's good for us. He's a forward mid, isn't he? Yeah. So, look, Broomhead, he's going to find it hard to break into the Collingwood team, but he's got the skill and he's got the ability. So, don't Pies last year showed that they weren't afraid to play young guys. They played like Elliot, Josh Thomas. Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heaps of them, especially the the mid-forward types, which is obviously what he's listed as. Yeah, so look, there's a lot of mid-forwards at Collingwood. It's going to be hard, but if he breaks in early on the season, that means he's well-rated and he's in for the long haul. The depth depth chart in the mid-forwards at at Collingwood's crazy in terms of... there's spots up for grabs at Collingwood, and if he has a good preseason, there's absolutely no reason why he won't be playing round one. Yeah. Another guy, T-Bats, is um, Ben Lennon from Richmond. Yeah, I have not heard, I've heard yeah. whispers at best about Ben Lennon, so well, we can tell him about just, him. Just look, interesting the way Richmond have operated in the last few years. Their first draft pick selected in each draft, and the last three have been Conker, Ellis, and Flawston. Oh, wow. They've, We've all, uh, they've all been in my team yeah. in, each, in each year that they were rookies. So. And they've all played a major role in, in the season. Yeah. Um, so you'd suspect Lennon with Matty White gone and Robbie Nahas as well. <laughs> Nahas? <laughs> yeah, he's gone to, to North. So you suspect there's a spot there for Lennon at half forward. Um, strong body, again, quick, very good off both feet, can play. So, you know, he's not picked at pick 12 for no reason. So um, expecting to play. He's priced at 800 but to be honest, I think he'll be in most AFL dream teams anyway. He's more pricey in the fantasy sense, given he's an early draft pick at 233000 yeah. But um, look, keep an eye on Ben Lennon. He will play in the NAB Cup, and he will, I think, perform well. So He might be one of those guys that just burst onto the radar of everyone yeah, with, uh, with a couple of good performances. I haven't present. heard too much about him uh, amongst the um, fantasy and dream team um, forums, so yeah. keep an eye out for those guys. Uh, what about uh, Jarman Impey, I think is his name here. We had a little article, a little puff piece on the AFL website the other day, and they seemed pretty impressed with him. What, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, he. I don't know. I think he was brought in to Port Adelaide for a bit of backline pace. Um, he was t- grew up as a forward, and yeah. um, he's played in the recent couple of seasons at halfback. If you remember, one of... One, oh, I, I don't know if it was a weakness, but um, they did, Port did lack a bit of pace from halfback last year, and they pushed Harlan yeah. back on the halfback role to um, to help bolster their back six. But um, I think what they're trying to do is, is bring Harlan back into the midfield and, and release a quicker player like Impey yeah. um, to, to run and carry. So, look, it's again, wait and see. See what he does in that cup. He's been training pretty well. Everyone's impressed with him. Um, Brad Ebert was... Um, My boy, Brad Ebert. Oh, God. Um, um, he, yeah, he was... He was pretty impressive. He talked him up a fair bit and yeah. just said, you know, he didn't say he's going to be playing round one or anything, but he did say that he was in the in the frame and you know with an NAB challenge that that puts him on you know on our radars will be on theirs as well. So yeah, and Ken Hinckley, like last year, he gave Wines and Need, who I didn't pick last year to get a lot of games. That's true. Yeah, um, I thought he didn't have the body for it, but yeah, well, he proved that he could play with wrong. men. Yeah. So um, look. Yeah, Ken Hinkley gave the opportunities to a couple of young blokes last year. There's no reason why he can't do that with Impey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Awesome. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. So let's knuckle down with some strategy now. We set off the top of the show that AFL Fantasy were going with their crazy round one free hit. So, obviously, 
unlimited trades between round one and round two, which I still can't get over how crazy that is. It feels like EPL. Have you ever played um, English Premier League Fantasy? No, I haven't actually. No. I'm not well, much of a fan of the old soccer. I don't. I would. I'd rather punch myself in the groin than watch a soccer game. That's no, that's legitimate. But <laughs> um, I have heard that they've uh, they have wild cards, like a couple of wild cards a season, where you just completely just wipe your team and start again. And oh wow! As a dream team traditionalist, that's just. That seems crazy to me. Anyway, we've got that for round one and round two in AFL Fantasy, um, which obviously gives us the opportunity to pick a lot of guys in our round one team that we wouldn't normally pick and go for some some fixture guys, like some guys who are playing some some easy teams. Are there any teams that you're looking at? Well, yeah, there's obviously Sydney played GBS in the first round and guys like Franklin and, and any forward really, even Tippett, um, they'll look to kick a bag, get get some confidence early on in the season. And, and absolutely demolish the, the young defenders of, of GWS. There's also uh, Saints play Melbourne, I believe. Oh, and, that'll be awesome. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, there's going to be a, a full house of that one at the MCG. <laughs> um, and look, I think Frawley's under an injured crowd, so guy, a guy like Nick Rewalt could absolutely go berserk. Um, he's normally fit um, fit and firing for round one every year. So I'd One of the fittest him. dudes in the AFL, apparently. Absolutely, um, yeah. So look look to Nick as well. Um, there are a couple of guys. What about yourself? Well, Nick, well, just on Nick for a second, he's a guy that I'm not considering for my starting team, for my dream team, for instance. Yeah, okay. But he is one of those guys who can just go big on any given day, and especially against a Melbourne outfit that doesn't really have the key backman of, of a better side like Sydney or whatever. So, yeah. And, Saint, and very Saints much... do have the, the easier draw. You know, they were in yeah. the place in the bottom six last year. So you find um, they have the easier draw. So a guy like Rewalt in, in AFL Fantasy could be a wise move. But yeah, so they play Melbourne. And I think they play um, G the rest of, in round two as well. They, so, they have one of the best draws in the in the comp, the Saints. But and speaking of good draws, Eagles, um, they're pre... Our boys. Yeah, our um, Their pre-buy fixture is ridiculous. Obviously, they play Freeman along the way with the Western Derby, but... Apart from that, I think there's only another one or two clubs before their buy that um that are real strong threats. First round, they got the Bulldogs, um, and Scott Selwood had <laughs> another one of my boys. Yeah, I had 119 so. and 113 against them last year, and that wasn't even him at full power either. So uh, he might actually be a guy that I try and sneak into my side just because I love him um in general. But I'll definitely be having him in round one. I think for this this free here. Um, any Eagles guys to be your fancy? Look. The, the guy who loves a bit of the fashion with the hair and, and, and the good looks and the tats is uh, Chris Marston. Oh, yeah. He uh, he doesn't get a lot of attention. And um, with guys like Pritis and Selwood, Scooter taking a bit, I think Marston can come loose and, and score. I think he had about 120 on him last year. I really like Marston when he plays against the the weaker sides. He just seems to be one of those guys who can just rack up a lot of... Like a Montagna, a guy who can just rack up yeah. a lot of the ball, or a Stanton even. And um and they just can't stop him because he's just so fit. Uh, speaking of Montagna, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know Monty. I, I learned I did a deck on Monty earlier um, this preseason, and look, I, I learned the hard way. I didn't know he was actually suspended for round one. It was brought to my attention even after all the bloody research I did on him. Yeah. Um, I was more focused on how many kicks and handles and marks he was the getting, important stuff. Yeah. yeah, instead of if he's actually eligible to play. So look, Monty's suspended for round one, but with the free hit. And the Saints play GWS round two, bang, straight away, coming round two, fit and firing. And, uh, yeah, Monty would be a good pick for that uh, round two selection. He would have been so awesome to have in round one, given yeah. the fact he went 146 against Melbourne last year in their only game. 
And obviously he had 189 against the Dockers in round 23 where he's rubbed out for, for striking Crowley, which, let's be honest, shouldn't be a reportable offence. <laughs> That's it. It would have been so nice to have him for that game, but unfortunately, um, that's the second year in a row he's been rubbed out for round one, which is a funny little fact. If he's not going to be there, a guy to look at is Jack Stephen, who has also shown he just has massive ceiling. He had 90 against him last year, but in terms of like looking over the whole course of his season, last uh, seven or eight games he averaged about 111 a game. So the guy can score and he can he can really do it in, in bursts as well. Yeah, and again, coming back to the easier draw for the Saints, it's, it's only going to be easier for uh, Stephen to get, get his hands on the footy. So, you know, I'd expect big things out of him this year. Uh, personally, he's not for me. I think no. he, with um, Dalsano gone, he's going to get more t- tagged attention um, from the likes of Crowley and Mazungu and whoever else tags these days. But, um, yeah, he, he's not for me, but it wouldn't surprise if he does well. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. We, with the free hit, we can just get him for the one round against against the Demons and see you later. So that's we can just it. stick back with our... Uh, our pre-season and all our um, all the premium guys so that we've you, been talking about. Are you warming to the uh, round one free hit, mate? I do like the fact... Okay, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I do like the fact that we can pick these random guys just for one game. I think it's a little bit of a match day thing in itself, um, to be honest. And I love the fantasy pump we had last year. We were talking about before how awesome that yeah, was. Lux bet. There you go. There's a sponsor's plug. There's a free plug, guys. Um no, we, yeah, we were bragging about not having a competition about how much each of us made last year from that match day. Yeah. I expect competition. I took one out, so I think I'll win by default. You do, mate. You do. Cheers. Uh, one guy that I'm looking at very, very strongly, and I think he's a must-start for me, but he's not going to be my team, uh, my starting team for AFL Dream Team and probably my round two side for AFL Fantasy Dane Swan. Holy <laughs> I know. What did you just say? Yeah, I know. Okay. The um, phone's ringing. Calvin's on the line. Calvin's not impressed. Um, look, I'm assuming he's going to get, uh, Pendlebury's going to get the Crowley tag in round one, which would just leave Dane Swan to go bang. And his last five scores against Freo, which is across five years, they haven't played each other twice in a season, in the regular season yet. 111, 172, 125, <laughs> 131, and 158. He kills the Dockers. So um, you're going to beat Calvin to it and call him captain for round one? I'm not even going to mention the word captain. I've seen what happens. <laughs> seen what happened to people who do that around Calvin. But um, no, Dane Swan for me in my round one side for AFL Fantasy. You happy with that? Yeah, no, look, I um, I believe that you've got to start two of the following. Um, Gary Ablett, Dane Swan and Stevie J. For me personally, I'm going Stevie J and Swan at this stage. Yeah, I just think um, Gary Ablett... Everyone's going to start for him because it's a bit of a point of difference for myself. And if he does, you know, a bit average in those first couple of rounds of first until the bye, um, then you're going to get a leg up. So, um, yeah, Swanee for me, you've got to start with Swanee. And uh, Stevie J, don't underestimate the master. Because <laughs> this is something I really wanted to talk to you about. This is my topic of the week. Whether you can overlook these big dogs and go to fantasy. So you're you're saying you need to have two of those top four guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. On team balance, you need two of the three. Um, they were the three standouts last year. I think Pendles is the next one, and he averaged about five less than Ablett. He's or, so consistent, Penelope. He, he is. That's what you like about him. Um, and look, Pendles can get you your 120s pretty consistently as well. But look, we, we all know who, where the stars are at. And look, yeah, money-wise, we, we would love to have them all every week, all the time. But you just can't do that. Um, yeah, so for me, it's uh, Stevie J and uh, Swanee. Stevie J is an interesting pick because he is quite old. He's like 30, He's 31, 31 this year. Yeah. He, I did another deck on him. Funny you mentioned that, <laughs> T-Vets. I did another deck on him early in the year. 
And even though I am selecting him, interestingly, he averages less than 100. He plays Adelaide and Brisbane in his first two rounds, and he averages less than 100 for both sides in the last three games. So well, there you go. I, I'm still starting with him. I think the boy will be, um, you know, he'll be managed throughout this preseason and just peaking at round one. So I reckon he'll be ready, he'll be getting um, feisty and... He won a good year. He almost took out the Brownlow as, as a suspended yeah, player. So, really well. you know, we all know what he's capable of and um, he's, he's not looking to move from that midfield role. In fact, he'll probably be required there now that there's more younger yep. guys coming through. And he does it so well. Why, yeah. why would he change it? So we got Swan, Penbury, Ablett and Stevie J, the four most expensive guys from last year, probably the big dogs of the competition. I'm finding it very hard to overlook the value guys. So obviously Dane Beans, priced at 92-ish in Dream Team. Crazy value considering two years ago, averaged 116. Um, absolutely breakout season. And then last year, already naturally discounted because he only played the seven games and was kind of underdone, averaging like 102. Gets that 10% or 9% discount across both competitions. He, he is my must pick. Before I even registered properly, Dane Beans is in there straight up. Yeah, look, he's in my team. So I think um, if he's a goal-kicking midfielder, you know, he averages 25 possessions a game, but more importantly, he normally kicks one or two goals a game yeah. as well. And that Hits gives him that extra edge. Um, I've got him in my team. I think you just can't not start without him personally. So, yeah, if, uh, if he's not in your team, then uh, you're taking a bit of a risk. You're I'm doing it wrong. So my point is, Beams is my Swan or my Pendery, my Ablett substitute, but for a cheaper price. Because I think... Beams and is is captain material week in one out. He actually over the last two seasons he actually goes at a higher clip in terms of getting over 120 points per game percentage wise out of the games he plays than Ablett and Swan who are probably our our go to captain. I don't have the stats right in front of me right now, but I tweeted this out a while ago. Something like 70 percent of the time that he plays, he uh, he gets over 120. There you go. Crazy stats. So he's a, he's a guy that you'll be looking at in terms of captaincy. So. My point is, you can overlook a Swan or Pendlebury, get a Beams instead, and then you've got Watson, Cochin, Murphy, all those guys you can pick from, and that can be your second big dog. And then you can start looking for the value guys. Like, can you talk yourself into Can I talk you into it? No, you, you, <laughs> uh, look, I've, I'm the Guns and Rooks guy, and I always yeah. have been. And look, my midfield as it stands, and I've got it in front of me, you're looking at it, is uh, Stevie J, Swanee, Ablett, Watson, Beams, Murphy, and a couple of Rooks. So... I've I've loaded up my mids. I, you have, I, yeah. I always do because the mids, if you go for the guns in your midfield, I think typically they get you the, an extra 10 or 20 points than your gun defenders and gun rooks. That's true. So the extra spend, in my opinion, is justified in the midfield. Um, I haven't feigned away from previous strategies, so yeah, I'm going all out. All right, you heard it here first, guys. Um Guns and rooks in the midfield. And it's interesting to see that you've only got the four rookies given that you're... Uh, Bit of, bit a rookie of, resident? Yeah, a look, fan of the young guys. Yeah, look, um, there would be a couple that obviously are a surprise, but yeah, I I like to start with, like I said, I like to start with um, the gun midfielders just because instead of getting you that 100, they can get you that 125, yeah. uh, and they're more likely to do that. So yeah, there'll be always one or two rookies, uh, midfield rookies that I miss out on in the midfield, and that's fine. I'll cop that on the chin. But at the same time, while you've got, you know, say like a Matty Crap starting on your field, I might have that guy versus, you. Might, it might be Mark Murphy versus uh, Matty Crap. Versus a rookie for me. Yeah. All right. We'll see how it goes over the, over the course of the season. We will. 
Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. It's been a, quite an exciting first podcast. I'm quite happy with how things are going, Jabba. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, mate. No worries. On the way out, I just want to get a big call from you. Something um, something probably against the grain that you're going to be doing this season or thinking about. Um, I've mentioned it a couple of my mates who, who love their fantasy. Um, yeah, my big call of the week at, at this stage, and I'm still not deterring from it, is uh, having Sandy as my third ruck. Wow. I, uh, I just think he... He's going to be you know, doing well on the field and getting the high scores, but I'm more worried about him copping the red vest. He's you know, 30-plus now, a big lad, heaviest and tallest in the AFL. There's only so much that body can take. So <laughs> I, while I you know, he, he might, you know, Freer might be flogging and doing well and they might rest Sandy at the end of the third quarter and, and just and put him under ice. Manage him, yeah. Yeah, so look, I'm worried about that a little bit on points scored, so... That's why he's uh, my third ruck. He's cheap enough to still be of value as a third ruck and, and earn me money and as a backup. So, yeah, that's my big call of the week. I'm going to sacrifice um, some money elsewhere and use Sandy as my third ruck. All right. My big... That's a big call. Well, <laughs> big man, big call. Uh, my big call of the week is Jack Darling. I reckon he could Ooh. be a smoky to look at in the, wow. in the forward line. Now... I must. I, I did talk to our. Was it loose contacts that you said? Before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loose the loose contact. contact within the West Coast Eagles, who said that they're really trying to get him to go through the midfield this year. Really? Yeah, like not obviously the whole time, but for yeah, burst. just pinch it. Yeah. So uh, Adam Simpson obviously wants to get a couple of uh, multifaceted plays. Eagles are the only guys who don't have um, a DPP player on their list this year. Yeah, the only team. I noticed so that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But yeah. Obviously, the big-bodied midfielders are in vogue. Send him through the middle, just hit someone straight off oh, the square. Oh, mate, he's, uh, he's going to be a steam train yeah. there, so that's interesting. So keep an eye on that, guys, uh, whether Jack Darling gets through the middle. And if he does, he's, uh, his points per game could go up. All right, Jet, uh, thanks for coming on the show. It was, it was nice having you. It's too easy, mate. Thanks for having us again. Like, yeah, it's been great and uh, looking forward to many more podcasts throughout the season. Awesome. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, obviously, the first one's a bit rough and ready, but we're pretty happy with how it's gone. Uh, for the T-Betters Bulletin for the rest of the year, you can probably expect something a bit like this over the pre-season. And for those who know what I've been doing with the Bullets in the past, it'll be very similar. A bit of stats, a bit of knowledge, and hopefully a bit of fun. See you later, guys. And don't forget to check out Dream Team Talk for all your fantasy needs. See, See you guys. Bye.